You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now your host, Daniel Sanangelo and Trey Harris. Ah! <laughs> oh, yeah. Where you going, Daniel? <laughs> going back to the future. Tell me, doctor. Tell me, doctor. Where are we going this time? We're going to 80s Revisited Back to the Future Part 2 episode. Welcome back to our Back to the Future Trilogy Special Edition. Back to the Future Ow! Part 2 episode. Popping Daniel's Back to the Future Cherry. The second time. It's the second cherry. Slappy second. It's three cherries in a row. Three Ouch. separate cherries. I don't know, anyway. Welcome back, everybody, to 80s Revisited. <laughs> your weekly blast of the past. With an, as we go over all the iconic and fun films of the 80s that you may or may not remember. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Harris. I'm the other, Daniel San Angelo. And with us, as always, is our most loyal producer, Jesse Sedgley. Hope you like crap. That could be your middle name, Jesse. Hope you like crap, Sedgley. <laughs> If you want to play that game. Yeah. But welcome back, everybody. Of course, if you've been listening loyally, like I know three of you have, you know that we're <laughs> our second, <laughs> second Back to the Future episode. Daniel has recently watched all of the Back to the Future films, all three, the Holy Trilogy, the last Holy Trilogy, as we discussed last episode. And now we're going to talk about part two, which was released on November 22nd, 1989, a holiday season film, like the uh, last one was July 3rd, so... It was more of a summer blockbuster, which it was blockbuster, and this one was more of a holiday, like a Lord of the Rings release. I guess more like The Hobbit, that was November. Yeah, November 22nd, 1989, IMDb gives this one a 7.7, and surprisingly, Rotten Tomatoes a 64%, which is a strong comparison to the so, original, which... 97, uh, right? 97 on Rotten mm-hmm. Tomatoes and an 8.5 on IMDb, so a very stark comparison. Uh, the budget was $40 million estimated. Its opening was 27.8, so it uh, almost tripled the opening of the original, which was like around 11. Domestic gross was 118 Worldwide gross was $331 million, which put it at the number third highest grossing movie of the year. Now, Daniel, do you remember? We've, we have covered this on, our, on a previous episode. 1989. There were, we talked about the top. We actually mentioned this was the second, I mean, the third highest grossing, but we didn't mention the two above it. And the number one highest grossing we covered on the podcast for 1989. Shit. No, we didn't. We haven't done that one yet. <laughs> of course, you that, like that is your other name for Big Trouble in Little China, unfortunately. Yes. God have mercy on your soul. We did 89. it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Not Top Gun? Nope. That's a good guess. That was 86, I think, or 87. Hmm. A little earlier. Not Ghostbusters. Nope. No. It wasn't a comedy. It was an action movie based on a other property. It was a movie of something else that's not a movie. It used to be a TV show. Before it was a TV show, it was something else, too. God dang, that really confuses the show. As I was saying, I was like, I think I just confused (coughs) him a little too much. Anyway, comic book. Originally a comic book. I'm getting screwed. Original Captain America. <laughs> no, that was like '94. Yeah, I was, I'm just <laughs> I'm drawing to do it on the podcast. That'd be so bad. I'm definitely drawing a blank right now. Michael Keaton, 
Oh, Batman. Mm-hmm. No, Beetlejuice, dumbass. Mm-hmm. No, of course, Batman. Uh, and the number two one, do you remember offhand what it barely beat worldwide domestically? I mean, uh, world. It doesn't make sense. Another oxymoron. I don't know. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. It was number two for the year. Uh, we already went over the cast of crew of Back to the Future, so uh, check out that episode if you want any of the tidbits on that. But the new additions to the cast in part two were, of course, Elizabeth Shue replacing uh, the other chick we thought was, I thought was as equally as hot as Elizabeth Shue, uh, as Jennifer. Of course, Elizabeth Shue was in Karate Kid, Hollow Man, and uh, Adventures in Babysitting, which you fell in love with her on Karate Kid. Yeah. I fell in love with her on Adventures in Babysitting. But I always had a thing for my baby. I, I was so fortunate as a child. I had the hottest babysitters. <laughs> they were actually, I mean, uh, that was around the time we went to church a lot. So we had, went to Sunday school. But anyway, uh, three sisters that were at the church, not nuns, uh, but like <laughs> biological sisters. Oh, you got to uh, make that, yeah. You know, there was an older, of course, an older one, a middle one, and a younger one, and uh, the Glasscock sisters. <laughs> Normally like the that's beginning that's of a joke. <laughs> I'll make a joke about their last name. The last name was Glasscock. Uh, makes me laugh thinking about it anyway but uh they had three sisters marcy molly and amy and each one of them at one point of my growing up babysat me and they were all gorgeous now now it's always a favorite as as i was a child my favorite was i think was marcy she was whoever's there so she blossomed (laughs) a little earlier you know when she but then uh so to speak like many years later, when I was working at Winn Dixie, a local grocery store, and when I was in high school, Molly, the middle one, like came in. I see her, saw her a lot as she was shopping. I was like, gosh, she turned out <laughs> real good. And, and the youngest one, Amy, I haven't seen her in forever, probably since she babysat. I mean, but I had I had the hottest. Ba- I kid you not. Like <laughs> they could have made a movie about like you know, they probably have. I don't know. But yeah, I had good we had good times. They always uh, brought over Nintendo games that just that I could play, like Zelda and. Other stuff. So. Can you get a baby, a better babysitter than that? No. Not really. Somebody Unless that... she was a stripper also. <laughs> <laughs> and I was of age. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing them dollar bills. <laughs> oh, wait, it's almost 9.30. Parents are due home. Movie movie ended at 9.10. You're 25 at the time. <laughs> still need a babysitter. <laughs> still need a babysitter. <laughs> I think at that age they call them an escort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> need someone to come watch me. And uh, as we <laughs> mentioned, Elizabeth, she took over for... Uh, I gotta, I gotta remember her name. Cause I don't want to be mean to her because she's, I thought she was a good uh, Claudia Wells, right? Uh, as Jennifer, because her Claudia Wells' mother was diagnosed with breast cancer, so she stopped acting to tender her mother, which is very noble of her. I'm not sure how that turned out though. Anyway, but yeah. uh, and then also her another mother was died of disappointment because she, <laughs> she didn't because she didn't play him Back to the Future too. She didn't yeah. have enough money to pay for her treatments, right? <laughs> so they ran out of money. No, it's just terrible. Shame. Hopefully everything turned out well. But uh, the other replacement in part two, in the rest of the trilogy, actually, was uh, the role of George McFly, which wasn't Crispin Glover. It went to, instead to Jeffrey Wiseman, who uh, also played in the Clint Eastwood movie Pale Rider, which has a connection to part three, because obviously they're westerns. Uh, and also he was on the television show with Matt Frewer, Max Hedrum, which I never heard of. remember. But, uh, yeah, and if you, the thing is they really made, because, of course, George McFly in part two is much older. Aside from like the flashback scenes back to 1955, so but they still made the prosthetics look based it on Crispin Glover. I mean, it was but, close. Mm. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I didn't even notice it until I was reading it in this one that it wasn't Crispin Glover because they they only he's very limited in the scenes and he's upside down. You know, people look very different when they're upside down. Uh, <laughs> anyway, those were the two cast changes uh, for this one, but uh, this one was. 
I didn't know this, but it really makes sense that it was. It was filmed roughly at the same time as Back to the Future 3, much akin to Peter Jackson did with the uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy uh, and Matrix trilogy before that, back to back. Uh, it was five years since the original when this one came out in 89. Uh, well, as far as production goes. But uh, the reason it was delayed so much was because uh, Zemeckis was working on Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And, of course, that was a breakthrough in the time with the cartoons and live action blended so much, so it took, you know, it had a long shooting schedule. And between the time of Back to the Future 1 and 2 and 3, Michael J. Fox had forgotten how to skateboard. Hmm. Uh, he didn't do all of his own skateboarding in the first one, but he did a lot of it. He didn't do some of the more advanced stuff like the, the ollies and stuff. Or, the ollies is a jump, I guess. I don't know. What, what do you call it when you... I don't know. None about We didn't grow stopping. up... Stopping. Yeah. <laughs> stopping motion. Breaking. Breaking. Uh, some stuff he didn't do, but he did a lot. Of, he did do actually do a lot of it. Uh, so, but he had forgotten, so they actually had to get somebody to come do a lot of the skateboarding stuff for him in this one, as opposed to the original, mm. which was, you know, I mean, skateboarding is not like a bike. You can <laughs> jump on a bike. I ain't ridden a bike in five years. I can jump on a bike and ride a bike. I can still, you know, bunny hop and all that shit, you know, ride a willy for a little bit, but I ain't been on a skateboard in, how old am I, 32? I ain't been on a skateboard in 20 years, so I would bust my ass in two seconds. Same, same. It's not the same. Maybe if they had, mm. well, yeah, they have scooters, so I was going to say, but handlebars with skateboard, they have that. I still couldn't stand up on it. But all these fancy kids these days got rip sticks and all this other shit. Fancy. Two-wheeled skateboards. What's that garbage? I always see too many crashes for me to want to try that. Skateboard well, crashes. Uh, the, the single most damaging thing to me ever pursuing anything on skateboarding, other than when I was a kid, because when I was a kid you wanted to try, but then you just kind of give up because you find some uh, your attention is drawn somewhere else. But uh, the Tony Hawk games, when you beat them, they have all the Bales videos, like the most painful uh, wipeouts and broken mm-hmm. bones. And, of course, Tosh. Just watch any episode of Tosh with a skateboard and you're immediately like, <coughs> no, mm-hmm. never again. I have My Healy's. children will never. <laughs> you know Heelys? The, the shoes oh, the show, with the wheels yeah. in them? I like to see wipeouts of those. I've been in a few. <laughs> put a, a GoPro, myself. put a GoPro in your head and yeah. go wheeling around. Oh man! Or put it on your shoe and do it. They could be fun, but yeah, hurts they, when you fall. They actually banned those in stores because kids were like, like uh, I think Walmart or. I've been told chains. to stop a few times. <laughs> so that's funny, and it still throws me off. Like, cause you don't see them as much now, but you'll see somebody like. That dude's levitating, or what the... Uh, oh, yeah, this, this stupid... He's floating. <laughs> David Blaine yeah. is floating. But, uh, and this movie has a lot of Jaws references, which makes me even more happy. Oh, uh, you know what? I went straight into the trivia. Before I continue, <laughs> see, I, I need to put that on the, the show syllabus. Break. Higher, that like, ask Daniel what he thinks about it before we talk about it throughout the everything else. But Daniel, you've never seen part two before. Uh, you watched it the day after you watched part one. So instead of like a lot of us having to wait five years to see the next one you get to see it pretty quick uh not five years actually uh uh yeah well basically uh well four, four years, years for a studio audience mm-hmm. or, uh the main audience five years between actual production four and a half, i guess yeah uh, so you had to wait one day time is meaningless to you when you watch sequels to movies you've never seen before mm-hmm. so what did you think of part two alone yeah. not comparing it to the other ones i thought it was pretty good um so part if, one was really good part two was or it was a little like i liked it a little less mm-hmm. um if I had to pick, like, I'm going to get into the third one a little bit just because of the years, yeah. the 1885, the 55, the 1985, and the 2015. My least favorite time period is 2015. That was actually my f- 
I went, eh. And we're almost there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, we're going to be so disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Where's the holographic displays for movies mm. and hoverboards? Some good-looking stuff, like, yeah. when they were, you know, flying through and everything like that. But I didn't enjoy Biff as much, futuristic Biff, as, as I did, like, Mad Dog. And yeah. <laughs> Mad Dog's my favorite, yeah. like, as far as, like, the, the mm. Biff ancestors. I like go. 55 Biff, too. Like, uh, he was pretty interesting. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed the movie. It was a fun movie, mm-hmm. as as all of them are. But if if I had to put it as a ranking, it would be the bottom of the, uh, of the three. Yeah. See, to me, it's mm-hmm. it's not my favorite, but it's definitely the Empire of this one. Empire Strikes Back. It's the Empire mm-hmm. of this trilogy. It's a little darker, especially when they when Biff old Biff steals the uh, time machine, the almanac, yeah. and then he goes into the future's all dystopian and. Yeah. You're right. almost post-apocalyptic, for yeah, that, lack of a better word. And that's it ends on me, a cliffhanger, yeah. huge cliffhanger. That was pretty damn good too, though. Is some of the when they went back to fifty-five again, seeing him looking at him, yeah, while going through. You you basically have three Marty McFlys there. Yeah, that they did that really well. Like when he's talking on the phone or his walkie-talkie, and he looks and in the background, you can see his dad. Right before the punching yeah. scene, like some right of before that's the really, you can really, really well made. It's oh yeah, like <laughs> we were talking about the first one. It ties in so well, yeah. especially this one where they're going back. They have the, the backdrop of the first one. You know, him correcting his mistake, uh, getting hit by the car in the first one. To then like, don't interfere with yourself in this one. Yeah, some of the things where you know, don't fuck it up even worse than before. And all right, when he's playing the guitar and seeing his his self, yeah, trying to. <laughs> Keep him from getting caught. Like it's just fun. <laughs> it's just and it just tied in so well. But this one we talk about anxiety. This one gives me the most of the entire trilogy because <laughs> it's just like don't you know like even though you, see, you know what's gonna happen. It's still but you get so right. lost in it and you're just like ah I can't wait for this part to get over so I can breathe and go on to the <laughs> the funner stuff. But yeah, so liked it. That's good. Yeah, I, I definitely liked it. It's yeah, one that you know I will watch if it's on TV. You know, one of those. But but it's dissimilarity to Empire is that it's not my favorite. The trilogy, yeah, yeah. Uh, to me, we'll, get, we'll talk about what when we get to the third one. But uh, as we're talking about a lot of Jaws connections, which of course make me happy, Jaws being one of my favorite movies. Uh, they advertise Jaws nineteen, and there's here's some math for you. Well, that, also they say it's directed by Max Spielberg, which you know obviously Spielberg's mm. that would be his possibly his son, not his grandson, I imagine. Uh, and of course Spielberg is an executive producer on the trilogy, uh, Back to the Future trilogy. Uh, the last official Jaws movie was, of course, Jaws Revenge, which we covered on this podcast, uh, which came out in uh, 87, uh, which means if Jaws 19 was to be a 2015 movie, that means the next 15 sequels uh, would have been released at the rate of one sequel every year, and every 1.7 years there would have been a Jaws sequel. Kind of like Saw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Also, I guess if you counted all the lame sci-fi shark movies, and like... Add them to the Jaws canon, you might have 19 of them by now. <laughs> yeah. Throw Deep Blue Sea in there. Or maybe certain. Now, the. Uh, what do you call it? The stupid know. image thing now, the, like Paranormal Activity. Oh. What's that called? Something footage. Uh, like, uh, found found footage. footage. Yeah. If you add those up, that's pretty high on there yeah. now. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's not like Jaws. I mean, uh, you know, Jaws, it's not like. Jaws isn't like Jason Voorhees. It's not a shark called Jaws. That you know reconstitutes itself after being blown up and hunts again. It's not an undead shark or anything, so it's just like about shark attacks. So you could theoretically say there's been tons of unnamed Jaws sequels. <laughs> yeah. You know mm-hmm. they could literally just Jaws, uh, 
colon, the deep blue sea. Jaws, colon, <laughs> uh, shark night. Jaws, colon, bait, which they talked about on Geekly Dose, which actually was a fun movie to watch. So if you listen to Geekly Dose, could yeah. you do when Jaws? When they preview review bait, go watch bait. It's worth watching. It's on Netflix. Could it be Jaws? I think it was. Oh. Hmm. Maybe I'm mistaken. No, I don't think it was. Yeah, I don't think it was. Could you do Jaws Open Water? Yeah, that would have been the only good sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Although, uh, Guilty Pleasure Mine is Deep Blue Sea because it's just so over the top. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Well, I watched that in the theater with my Me dad too. and my mom. I was mm-hmm. so excited. Like, oh, a shark movie. <laughs> I love, you know, I'll go see any shark movie. Not now. Swim backwards. <laughs> yeah. Sharks don't swim backwards. <laughs> I knew that before I watched that movie. I remember because when that movie came out, I was like, oh, did you know sharks didn't swim backwards? Like, dude. Just hang my head and shake it. Like I've known that for a long time. Like I didn't learn. I don't. I don't get my science facts from a movie. Guys, did you know there's really? a galaxy far, far away? You know, and a long time ago they had all this technology. I mean, it's for real. Like, get your science like from books. Yeah, books. Read a book. Read Not a book. digital books. Real books. <laughs> anyway, and uh, the other Jaws reference, and also a Who Framed Roger Rabbit reference, which of course uh, Zemeckis directed, as well as uh, this one as a Back to the Future trilogy. When he arrives and he looks in the window of the antique shop, there's a uh, the Nintendo game for Jaws, which I, we talked about on our uh, video game episode, uh, which I had and loathed, but loathing, loathingly loved, I guess would be a good way to say it. Uh, but also they have the uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit uh, doll in the window and also a JVC camcorder, which actually we are approaching 2015, and that is an antique now. Yeah. So actually they all kind of are antiques anyway just because the time frame, but... Absolutely. They're basically in jokes to Zemeckis and Spielberg, which it works because she's looking at an antique store, and it's all stuff that at that point in time, like I just stopped playing Jaws or Jaws on NES. You know, we just saw Roger Rabbit a couple years ago, all very relevant, which made it you know little tie-ins make it cool for the series. And then uh, we also talked about, like you mentioned, Jeffrey Wiseman took over for Crispin Glover, but his his prosthetic still had his likeness, so to speak. Crispin Glover sued the studio for using his likeness mm. in the film. Uh, as he had not granted permission for them to use it, uh, so pretty, pretty much studio said it was more. It was easier to pay him off, and they ended up paying him about seven hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars to Crispin Glover, which actually the studio says was cheaper than taking it to court. Wow. Which I find we all should have been lawyers if you know a case like that is worth millions. <laughs> but it, uh, pretty ridiculous on Glover's part. Uh, they did off actually. Uh, <coughs> One of the reasons he wasn't in it as well was because he had a li- his role was a little more expanded a little bit towards his or what the character I should say that as to what appeared in the movie, but he wanted uh, I can't remember he wanted something but he also wanted a million dollars. They're like, no, we we can't do that for the amount of time that you're going to be on the film, because hmm. the budget and everything. So well, I'm having trouble thinking about him in that movie. In in the you mean, second one, he's the one when when they're in the future. And uh-huh. uh, Jennifer's in the closet. He comes in upside down floating. That's right. So, like, they really don't show him much. And he just has, like, one or two little lines. Wow. You do see some stock footage right. of him, really. Yeah, don't like, you? scenes from the first one. Yeah, like, yeah, they tie in, which, much, I mean... Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, they own the, they can put, show that all they want. Yeah. Uh, so it's really kind of... Kind of a dick move. <laughs> I mean, just, be, you know, be in the... You know... Well, I guess he didn't have to work a day, and he got $765,000. You know... And actually, they should just pay the other two hundred and just be in the damn movie, you asshole. I mean, I guess yeah, I'm sure the lawyers it. collected most of that. Nah, that's true. <laughs> I'd rather Crispin Glover have it than fucking a uh, blood sucking lawyer. <laughs> you know where that's from, Daniel? Mm-mm. Jurassic Park. 
at the table. The other one on my side is a blood-sucking lawyer. Oh. Yep. Okay, just, I'll, just, just quote check. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, this is also uh, the... Um, no, it's, I'm sorry, I was thinking of a different reference. But anyway, and when they're going through the highway in the future, you know, the Tron-esque floating highway with the neon and everything, there's a couple of other cars from other 80s science fiction or other vehicles from other science fiction films. Uh, no Star Wars reference, but there is the uh, spinner from Blade Runner and also the, uh, oh, what's it called, uh, the star car from Last Starfighter, which I, know, I believe you haven't seen, but we will cover on the podcast I at one point. Blade Runner. You did? Mm-mm. Oh, well, yeah. <clears throat> Uh, well, excuse me, I knew you hadn't seen that one, but I didn't know if you'd seen Last Starfighter. I don't think so. Uh, no. With Lance Guest from Jaws the Revenge, no. and Atari comes down because he had a high score on an arcade game, and he takes him to space, and they actually he lives the game. Nope. It's actually sort of like Ender's Game. I don't know if you, might, if you all read that book, but thinking about the movie now, it's almost just a reverse of that story. Anyway, I'm which still the thinking come- about the whole George McFly thing <laughs> <laughs> with Crispin Glover. I'm like, he must have thought he was hot shit. <laughs> he didn't, he's he's not like a I like him. Well, he like he's, he's doing nothing. Nothing. Now. Yeah, I think the last thing he did with Alice in Wonderland that was a you know supporting role. I mean, anybody yeah. could have done that part. But he did the he voice did of himself more. in the Back to the Future video oh, really? game. I guess they gave him a million bucks. Yeah, they, <laughs> so he did maybe come he back cut it down a little bit. He's in Hot Tub Time Machine, and he plays like the uh, the hotel guy. I mean, he's collecting bags and that. Yeah. he's barely in it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we mentioned too that uh, in Back to the Future One, that was the first film ever that Billy Zane was in, which he really didn't speak in. But you caught—I was surprised you caught this too, because I was going to ask you if you know who the first, who's the first movie ever for this actor was Back to the Future Two, but you caught it anyway. But it was Elijah Wood, correct? Frodo Baggins. Frodo Baggins. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on your foot there. That's all right. Uh, This was his first film, (laughs) and uh. The, uh, and also the thing that was again the, we talk about the continuity of the series when you look at the clock tower in the future it, the ledge under it where Doc where it broke off is still broken oh wow they never fixed it but of course that was tying into the first one uh, where he uh, where he fell and the dropped the thing he, and caught on his leg he fell <laughs> he fell that part gets me too like we didn't talk about it in the first one but like when Doc slides down, the music kicks up and he hits it right at the last second oh to, I was talking about Lord of the Rings I know I'm just <laughs> saying like we're talking about that scene, I'll just carry on. That oh, got I mean, me too, in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> you, did you read the books? Uh-uh. I, I well, I read the books, so I was just like, I mean, it was a good moment, but like I knew, like I knew, uh, that like. No, it really. You, you, I mean, I didn't read anything. But I knew Aragorn wasn't going to die. Hey. Not that quickly, but I don't know. He just, just killed Gandalf. Supposedly, just the thing it was like he fell. Like he was so sad about. It was great acting. Yes. Which he was. Uh, John Reese Davies, was, did you see the new Face Off season, Jesse? Um, started. I've tried to start it, but every time I always started it like at six a.m. when I'm about to go to sleep. I work nights. Oh yeah, <laughs> I always yeah. fall asleep in the first fifteen minutes. But he was the guest judge on the first episode okay. last week, and he's it was so funny. He's saying like, oh, "I would wear this." And he's like, "Wait, no, I wouldn't. If I was a young man, I would wear it. like." Yes, he was. He's making a joke about the prosthetics, like right. how he hated wearing them on the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Just tie that into something modern. But anyway, that's funny. Great show. Check it out. But uh, I already talked about how it was, the film was delayed. Uh, was that, I think I said five years, but it was actually delayed three years because of Roger Rabbit. So to nobody can call me on that. I am correcting myself, mm. as I often do. But uh, one of the biggest things about this film, as it is, Zemeckis has a pattern of it, I would say, because uh, you look at uh, this one being having CG in it, 
one of the first films to have CG with the shark and everything and some of the other effects, uh, computer-generated image, imagery, imagery. And then, of course, Roger Rabbit we talked about. But the big thing for this film was what was called the Vista Glad, which is uh, where the same actors interacting with themselves. Mm. Uh, and there's the three scenes that do that. And it was a huge thing at the time. And it was the first film to, to be able to do it uh, twice as two different characters with Marty McFly being himself, his son, and his daughter. Mm. All in the same scene. Uh, so it was the first for the mm-hmm. time. And there's actually, there's one scene where, because, you know, there, it's two separate elements of the shot, uh, where there's one scene, uh, did I write down the exact scene? No, but there is one scene where the old Biff's hand disappears as he's moving because of that that frame, that part of the frame isn't in the right thing, mm. so it goes away. <laughs> His hand vanishes for a second. <laughs> but it's not like one of those blatant, like, they're having a conversation, and it, you know, it's one of those you got to look for, like a do with jeans and Gladiator, or Pirates of the Caribbean. It's not like Michael J. Fox's hand in the first yeah. one. <laughs> it's not like in his face. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and I thought this was absolutely. I wish I, I wish I had some behind the scenes footage of this. But uh, the hoverboard sequences required a lot of different filmmaking techniques to make them work. You know, there were ones with wires, or ones where it was mounted on a on a bar off camera. You know, to where it was hidden from sh- with the shadows. Uh, but there were shots where he was on actually held with a harness, like a runner's waist, you know, and the wires were removed or invisible, so to speak. But there, when on those shots, the hoverboard was drilled to his shoes. <laughs> so, you know, because so, obviously it can't fall off, even though it did, the hoverboard did have a strap, but I guess, you know, it's easier if they just drill it to his feet so then it's actually stuck to his feet because it makes that <laughs> sound when he puts it on. But uh, in between takes, they had to carry Michael J. Fox because his feet were bolted to a, a non-functioning at that time hoverboard of course uh, which I would love to see them like carrying Michael J. Fox around I thought that'd be pretty funny hmm. so uh, in the real world again this was November 22nd 1989 I was 9 years old Daniel you were what 4, 5, five. five going on 6 mm-hmm. uh, the creator of the uh, Marvel Comics character Captain Marvel C.C. Beck passed away at age 79 so I doubt he had to see part 2 I'm pretty sure he didn't get to see part two. And of course he didn't get to see part three. So it really sucks if he was a fan of Back to the Future. <laughs> I can't wait for these sequels. <sighs> Maybe the excitement of going to see it is what killed him. It's I can't of, wait. My it's kind of like Homer Simpson's dad. Oh, yeah. What's his name? They just call him Grandpa. But then he, Abe um, Simpson. Yeah, I knew it was something. Actually, I was thinking of the town founder, uh, Jeremiah Spring. I was going to say Jeremiah. Jeremiah. I was going to say Jeremiah. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm thinking of him. But that was it in the real world this time. Uh, did you want to give your score for this nope. one? Okay, yeah. If I had to give it a score, I'd give it about a 7.8. And you gave the first one an 8.5. Yeah. So this one's 7.8. But they, they don't they don't veer off too much. Yeah, I mean, but that's still, I mean, in your scale, that's still pretty like good. a pretty mm-hmm. good score. And that's, IMDb was 7.7, 7, so it's mm-hmm. along those lines. Uh, I agree, I don't like it as much as the original. Uh, you know, it, as a standalone movie, it doesn't, it's, it's yeah. bad. Because you you, it's, it's a movie that's, you have to see the previous one. It's, it's necessary. Yeah. You have to see this one to understand this one. Uh, so, you know, I would say it's like a 8.9. Still, which is still, so of course, still great. You know, there's there's nothing wrong with the film, but it's, you have to see the first one for it to work, which is how a good trilogy works out because it's three movies that are basically one movie. They start and begin on, end on the same day in the mm-hmm. character's life, you know, so it's, it all ties together really well. Uh, but uh, and now 
we're near the end of this episode, but we have our new, our, our, well, I guess it's not a new segment anymore because we've done it like eight times now or four or five times. So <laughs> now it's time for the Back to the Future segment in our Back to the Future Part 2 episode. Uh, and this week I'll talk about, uh, it's a tie-in to the Back to the Future franchise. There is a game series that uh, Jesse's wa- told us he, you watched the story. Yeah, I watched on. them all on YouTube. They have the full things. They're about, they range from an hour and a half to two hours long a piece. Mm-hmm. And it's just like watching a movie. Now there's one part where the guy in control doesn't know how to get past the part. So you have to like <laughs> so watch it. So it takes like five minutes of him failing. <laughs> but other than that, he got through it pretty good. Would you say it's worth watching? Absolutely. If you're a fan? Absolutely. Good to know. Uh, but the reason I'm talking, bringing that up is because it was developed by a company called Telltale Games. And they have another game out for uh, Xbox 360 and PS3 and also iOS, which I'm playing it on based on another franchise, which is The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's... Highest possible recommendation. Uh, I assume, I'm pretty sure from what I've seen in the Back to the Future game, it's, it's almost like one of those old school point and clicks in a sense. Yeah, like the King's Quest and yeah. the, uh, everything like that. And Walking Dead's pretty much the same way, except it's it's uh, it's got a little mass effect in it, so to speak, to where your choice. I don't know, I'm sure if it's done in Back to the Future. I've not played it, so correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, your choices matter. Like two people in your party or your group will be having an argument, like we should stay here. No, we should leave. It's too dangerous. And you like your choice. You're you know you either side say you know I, I agree with Kenny or I agree with this chick and it uh, the game remembers those choices. So when there's big moments like you know you sided with me before you have to help me or like different things become available. So it all ties in, and it's done in such a good way to where like when you have just enough time to read the re- the four responses and hit something before like the time expires on it. <laughs> so like you really have, which is good uh, I'm praising that because you really have to go with your gut you don't really have time to like process like well I should say this because this person will like me and she has a gun so she'll protect me more it's more like it's just a, a tremendous job of keeping you in the moment and your gut react like what you would really do in a situation like that it's like one of those remember those mystery books yeah it's exactly <laughs> like that and that, that's why I, I turn love to page those 245 if you believe if you want this I still have my favorite choose your own adventure book on my bookshelf <laughs> it was called The Master of Mazes <laughs> I got it from a, the troll book club in, in grade school I don't know if they had that it's kind of like that but more story driven you're barely yeah, I, mean, I mean you're watching it instead of yeah, reading you're it watching, so to speak yeah. but uh and it's it's fantastic there's five episodes the first one's free right now which after I, I, I downloaded the first one on iOS on my uh, iPhone, immediately played it that night. Played it for the full two and a half hours to get to the end of the first episode because it was so it was like watching an episode of the TV show. Uh, and then immediately once it was like you know to be continued, like oh shit, you know here's my take my fourteen. It's like fourteen ninety nine for the other five episodes. Well worth it. Fifteen bucks for a game of that caliber. Highest possible recommendation if you're a fan of the series or if you like those kind of games because. Uh, it's done really well. It reminded me of like Full Throttle and the old LucasArts Monkey Island games. Uh, although yeah. it's much more decision-driven than reasoning out what you have to do in the environment. It's uh, very simple to progress the story, but definitely worth playing. Uh, I know you don't, you don't play it, so you have nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> have you watched have you, you don't watch Walking Dead, have you, in the show? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Probably about 30 minutes of the first episode. Well... Your wife wouldn't like the gore, so... That's why I can't watch it unless I'm by myself. Bummer. Yeah, Netflix, though, don't you? Major bummer? Yeah. You can watch it on your phone. I mean, they do have the... I don't know if they have the second series on Netflix yet, because I have the Blu-rays, so... But you can watch it on your phone. First season's great, though. Highest possible recommendation. Mm -hmm. Uh, And to you out there, too, if you haven't seen it, uh, we will never spoil a Walking Dead episode on this show. You have my word. Cliff will get mad. Everybody will get mad. (laughs) There was... was, It was in season two where, like, 
there's a big event that happens. And I swear to God, like eight people on Facebook are like, oh my God, so-and-so. This, yeah. oh my, and I'm just like, really? Yeah. Like in the shot, I'm, because I DVR it and we watch it about an hour after it goes off so we can fast forward through all the commercials. Mm. We, can, we don't have to wait for like the cliffhanger mm-hmm. commercial crap that they pull. And it's just like, really? I mean, yeah, stop glad checking I don't your remember. Facebook on there. Mm. So like anytime I watch a show now, like I'm just, because usually we're fast forward and even though, we, even though I you blocked guys, most of those people though. Even though you fast forward commercials, you still got like a minute of waiting. So it's like, uh, ADD sets in for me. Like, oh, just let me see what yeah, Daniel's doing. Maybe Jesse's checking in. Oh, somewhere there's interesting. a bunch of spoilers. Oh my god! Anyway, I think I've only checked in like once in my life. <laughs> no one knows where. At I least am. you don't Instagram everything. I don't even have an account. Me either. Yeah. My wife does that now, and I'm just like, and there's that parody song that's going around recently that I think's genius. That uh, I think College Humor or Break.com did about Instagram to the parody of uh, parody of Nickelback song. Oh, I have no idea. Check it out. YouTube is great. But uh, and like I laugh my ass off at because it it's so true. This, everything they're saying that people are taking pictures of their food and all that. The food, yeah, that's it's, a big thing. But the, the song's Stand great. Up. The song's great. But uh, my wife loves it. And we joke about it all the time. But then like I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm taking a picture of my food. I'm like, are you Instagramming that? Are you seriously after you you know how stupid this is. This, and again, everybody is in my opinion. If you like Facebook and or Instagram and your food, more power to you. But I swear to God, every time that somebody does that and I see it, it's right when I'm so I'm like starving. It's never when I'm not hungry. Oh. <laughs> and so it bugs me even more. Like God, I wish I was eating that. Like why am I, you know, not where I can eat this deliciousness? But anyway, hmm. <laughs> we do still have a contest going on to help pick a new segment for the show. What are they getting out of that? Who posting pictures? Yeah, attention. For food? I don't know, bro. <laughs> Post a picture of your boobs or something. <laughs> well, no, no. That's what the song talks about that too. They're all like if somebody's like, look at my new haircut. Guess what's also in the shot? Yeah, yeah. Boobs. Look where I am. Andrea I'm somewhere of, with boobs. Andrea thought about taking a picture of the baby, but showing like a little butt crack. Like, look at her new outfit and just a very <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you gotta listen to this song. Maybe between this episode okay. and next one, we'll listen. I'll let you listen to it. It's it's genius and everything. But uh, we do have a contest going on. If you'd like to win a copy of Modern Warfare Three, I know it's it's the last Infinity War produced one. It's not Black Ops Two, uh, but it's for PlayStation Three. It is a sealed Prestige Edition, and those were in short supply when the game came out. So if you miss one when it came out, and you want to get all the goodies that were included in it, mm. we just want an idea for a segment. Uh, the best seg- uh, idea we get, we're gonna use. We implement it into the show. Uh, like I mentioned last week, we've gotten some feedback, but just nobody's wanted to toss their hat in the ring as to pick a segment. Uh, and I forgot to mention this last time. I did bring it up that we had an email to read, uh, but I forgot to last time because we, <laughs> we were just talking so much. And me, I'm guilty of getting carried around tangents and skipping segments of the show and all that. So anyway. <laughs> but uh, this was actually sent uh, by um, Douglas McCoy. And he sent it, it's, uh, I know it's late getting out, but Douglas, so I apologize for his late getting to it, but he actually sent it on Christmas Eve. And of course, last week was our first show since that awesome action doubleheader of Xmas goodness. But he says, hey guys, I love the show, and particularly love your video game episode. I wrote a book called, about NES games called Anesthetized. Anesthetized. Because it's spelled the NES and Anesthetized. You, you, you read it. <laughs> wow. Anesthetized. I keep wanting to, to put the wrong emphasis on the we wrong apologize. syllable. He wrote a book no. about NES games called Anesthetized. There you Christopher go. Tupa, who emailed you a couple of weeks ago, did the art. I think I experienced the NES earlier than you guys did, so my memories are different from yours. 
But if you are interested, you can check out on Amazon.com or read it free on my website, ArthurDougMcCoy.com. That's ArthurDougMcCoy. There's no spaces in between any of it. I'm Author sure is like prefers. the writer, not like the name, yeah. the proper noun. Author Doug McCoy. Author is not his first name. Yeah. <laughs> I'd gift it to you, but apparently I can't give away my own work. Keep up the good work. Look forward to more episodes. Doug. The Amazon okay, will gift your own. Yeah, it's free to read on your website. Uh, I've visited the website a couple of times. It's a lot of uh, old NES stuff, as you would guess from the title of the book and everything. Uh, greatly appreciate it, Douglas. Uh, I haven't started reading the book yet, but I do visit your, I have visited your site a couple of times and laugh at some of the stuff you posted. So if you like the old NES games like we do, and uh, of course like Douglas does, give us a site to look up, check it out, give him some feedback, read his book, order it from Amazon. I plan to do it, and once I do it, I'll give a full detailed report. But of oh, course, I think that's a neat idea. But of course, uh, Chris Pertupas, who we talked about before, he did all that 80s art. Yeah. So uh, he has some good stuff, too. So uh, I'm not sure if, Thanks, the, guys. If, the, uh, if the online version of the book has the artwork or not, but I'll, I'll, I'll get back with that uh, and let y'all know. But definitely check it out. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Of course, uh, we are part of the Awesome Podcast Network, which has, uh, at this point, a half another podcast left. <laughs> I wouldn't even say that. Jesse, uh, can you tell us about some of the status of Geekly Dose and whatnot? Um, Indo Attack. Geekly Dose, one of the the people have moved across the country. So they're uh, on hold for now until they figure out a new way to do that. You know, there's tons of ways to do it. We Mm -hmm. just want to do it with the best quality and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Because we can do it on Skype and it'll sound like garbage, but we don't want to be involved in that. So, until they figure that out, it's going to be on hold. And besides, uh, the other one, Tim, he's wanted to focus more on film and writing and all that stuff, which he is doing. And then as far as Duo Attack goes, um, it's it's on hold inevitably until, you know, either I find another person to do it with, or chances are I'll probably just have my own <laughs> my own podcast in the future. another person like to that. do it with. Was... Yeah. Sorry. Need to do it with someone else. No, but there you go. But uh, as the wise sage, our producer Jesse, has said before, the, the old episodes aren't going anywhere. Uh, yep. Especially, there's like over 30 of Geekly Dose, I believe, so definitely check them out. Uh, they might inspire you to watch or read something or check out some tech that you didn't know yeah. about. So definitely worth revisiting, as is our old episodes, which are all up on the podcast, uh, iTunes and Stitcher as well. So, But uh, yeah, so anything in closing about part two before we head on? To the wild, wild west. Minus Will Smith and yeah. Kevin Klein. <laughs> wiki, wiki. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. But again, if you need to contact us for anything, correct anything we said, hate mail, death threats, uh, anything like that, uh, it's 80srevisited at gmail.com. Also on Facebook, you can reach all of us at the Awesome Podcast Network and on Twitter at Awesome Podcasts. And well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with Back to the Future 3 as we close out the trilogy. Until next time, I'm Trey Harris. And I'm the other dancing angel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Justin Sedgley. Cow, I hate manure, bunga! It's good.
this show and more at the awesome podcast network's facebook at facebook.com slash awesome podcast network and follow us on twitter at awesome podcasts